0: Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. A few minutes late this morning due to this wonderful technology, and wonderful it is if it's working right. Cursed it is if it's not. But we're still here. A few minutes late, we will do our entire hour, maybe even longer. Uh, I like to do that just to show the technology who's in charge here. And uh, so grab your Bibles this morning, Second Peter chapter 1. It's going to be a great, great session today. And uh, you're going to want to get some pencils and papers and get ready. You're in class. Hallelujah. You're in Bible class. And, and it's going to be a great session. Before we dig in again, let me remind you that I, my wife and I, Robin and I, will be in Palestine, Texas uh, tomorrow night and Sunday morning at uh, Christ Community Church there with Pastors Clint and Lindsey Bass and the great church there in Palestine. And if you're anywhere near there, come out and see us. We're going to have a great time in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, also, a couple of months away, uh, we're going to have our 10th determined camp meeting this year there also in Palestine, Texas at Christ Community Church and uh, they will not be streamed live. So if you want to hear them while they're going on, you'll have to be there. People coming from all over the country, literally. And we're thankful for the great focus of Calvary's Christ and just the focus of the word of the cross and, and uh, just what God is doing in these last few moments before he pulls the curtain on this age as we know it. So you don't want to miss this determined camp meeting this year. A lot of negativity, a lot of negative things. Of course, that's with anything. So just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he'll guide you to the ministers of righteousness that are pointing to what he's pointing you to, and that's his son and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. So that, that'll start on a Thursday night, October the 5th. And it'll go through a Sunday night, October the 8th, and there's like 14 speakers. You'll see it here. Uh, it's probably on your screen right now while I'm talking if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, now, it's, it's live now, so it's not there. Those things will be added later. So uh, you want to be there. I promise you there has been much take place in these meetings and due to what the Lord says and does in these meetings. So you want to be there. You want to come out from all the things that are not focused on Christ and Him crucified and get back focused on what God has eternally been focused on and called His church to be focused on. Praise be to God. So let me just say, I'll see you this weekend and then I'll see you in October there in Palestine, Texas. Praise the Lord. Second Peter chapter 1, here in part nine on this 25th day of August, 2023. And we're going to dig in here and we're going to start in verse 10 today and work our way through several verses, hopefully, and see some powerful truths. I know the Holy Spirit is always with us and always delivering us unto the death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4, 11, so that we can take heed the words written in the Bible and he can apply the words written there with the blood to our hearts. All the words of God must be applied through faith in the blood of Christ or they will not be imparted by the Holy Spirit. I hope you know that. If you don't, then... You can now today and just forget all the wasted days, weeks, months, years, decades, and now follow the leading of the Lord as he will always deliver you unto death so that he can apply the words to your heart that can bring forth the manifested life of your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10, Wherefore the rather, brothers... Give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall, meaning the word there means stumble, you will never stumble. Now here, my friends, is a great and marvelous promise that can also be confirmed in other scriptures such as Galatians chapter 5 that tells us, while we're walking in the Spirit, let me say that again, while we are walking in the Spirit, the lust of the flesh will not be fulfilled. And it's confirmed here again that while we are, let me say that again, while we are making our calling and election sure, while our focus is the lamb and what he did for us and to us on Calvary's cross, we shall never stumble. You'll have to admit that we don't walk in the spirit every moment. And we don't, let me put it this way, we're not found moment by moment making our calling and election sure. And Christianity Our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ is not something that happens in the subconscious of our minds. If it did, then we wouldn't need instruction because everything would just be going on without our conscious decision to trust in, to walk in the Spirit, to make sure our calling and election. It is sure. It is sure. But we're called to make it sure to us. Hallelujah. And that's that's what we have to do. That's what it says here. When, if you do these things. It's not talking about all the other things you just read about. Add to your faith, virtue, and virtue, knowledge, and knowledge. All these things that you just read. Because you can't add to Them. It takes the Holy Spirit to add to our faith, to increase our growth and our maturity, which is always tied to our being able to express our Jesus more. So let me just say that again. If you do these things, you shall never fall. And the word there means stumble. So if you Well, be honest with yourself. You will have to admit that every time you stumble, every time you fall, every time some piece of flesh ends up fulfilling itself in sin, it is always while we are not bringing every thought, that those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, we are not walking in the spirit and we are not making our calling and election sure. All of those things we could have been doing, but we opted out as children of God that know the truth of where our hearts must be yielded to walk in the spirit, which is faith in the cross alone, to to make our calling and election sure, which is a deliberate and conscious union with Christ through my faith in his death and that alone. Not to start crying tears and to sing in praise music. Oh no, my friends, that's something you're doing. And it can't save you, and it can't deliver you, don't matter who steps in the pulpit and says otherwise. Anything you're doing, even the good things in the Bible that are written for us to be found doing, listen, they can't save us. We're not saved by works of righteousness, which we have done, Titus 3 and 5, but by the mercy of God. Hallelujah. You need to remember that. Preacher comes along and tells you you can do anything. Whatever it is, if it's something you are doing as a, wor- as, a, as a working and expression of your flesh, you putting your hands to something, you doing something, that, that it cannot save you, it cannot deliver you. Jesus saved us and offers complete deliverance. It's what the Bible calls salvation to the utmost only by what he did at Calvary, not that and. The and eliminates us from grace. So remember that. So if you do these things, you shall never stumble while you are making your calling and election sure to you because it's a sure deal, it's a sure guarantee. There's nothing more sure than your salvation in Christ Jesus if you're a believer. It's sure very sure, but God tells you to make it sure to you. While you are making, while, that's an important phrase there, while you are. That means faith. While you are trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary, you will never fall. You'll never stumble. And again, let's stay here for a minute because it's so intriguing and so enlightening to know this great reality that every time I stumble, every time I fall, every time I do a big piece of stupid, every time I get in the flesh, every time that I move in the direction of the flesh, I am not walking in the spirit. I am not making my calling and election sure. I am not. I am not bringing those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and what he did at Calvary. It's not happening. And and because I am not doing that, which is faith in the sacrifice of Christ— i 'm going to stumble i 'm going to fall, and God is merciful to to be pointing those who are walking after the flesh, even though even millions today in our in this nation that claim Christianity and are Christians, I would hope they don't know anything about walking in the spirit they most of them don't even know what it means to make your calling in election sure, which is to make sure your faith is still in what called you, what allowed God to call you, and what allowed God to elect you, which was what his son did at Calvary. Outside of that, it's make-believe. When you make up anything else, according to your calling and election, it's, it's, it's it's not what God has said. There's only one thing you can do to keep from stumbling and falling, and that's keep your faith in what God did to call you and elect you to his kingdom by grace. You do understand that, right? God speaks by His Son in these last days, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And Hebrews 12 and 24 and 25 tell us that not only does He speak by His Son, but the avenue through which He speaks by His Son is from heaven and through the blood of His Son. That's how you were called. Ephesians 2.13 said you were made nigh. You were brought near by the blood. Remember, Jesus said if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's his cross that drew you. And God's voice through him being lifted up called you when you believed it, you were elected by the grace he tasted, death by boshi karaba Hallelujah! You were elected by grace into the kingdom of God. Not what you had done, but your faith in what he had done. So when we're told here, if we do these things, we'll never fall, it's what we did in the beginning. We believed what God did in Christ Jesus on the cross to call me and to draw me and to. To elect me by grace into his kingdom. And if I will continue to make sure that's where my faith is. See, this is the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. If your faith remains in the cross of Christ, but you'll have to fight for it too. Against your own flesh, the world, and even a a, a lying devil, you're going to have to fight not against sin, not against people. You're going to have, let me say that again, not against sin, not against people. You're going to have to fight to keep your faith in the sacrifice of Christ. That is making your calling and election sure to you. If that's not what it means to you, that's why you're miserable Even though you put on a tremendous show like you're not, you're miserable because it ain't working for you, honey. Christianity ain't working for anybody whose faith is not deliberately and consciously in the sacrifice of Christ. We're living in the most deceptive and deceitful part of this last 500 years of this age. And I have to start saying that because there were dark ages where people didn't even have Bibles. And the world as we know it now just received the written Word of God where there's Bibles everywhere, at least in our nation, just in the last 500 years. So in the last 500 years since Bibles have been strode everywhere and just found in cars and houses, multiple Bibles and houses and the Word of God everywhere, but it's still... The most deceptive, deceitful, and evil time the church has known at least in the last 500 years when the Word of God has been more available than ever in the 2,000-year period of the church. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. In the 2,000 years we've been a church, the last 500 years, the Word of God has been made made available a hundred times more, a thousand times more than it was the first 1,500 years of the church. And it's more... It used deceptively and deceitfully now holding God's word in an unrighteous manner, meaning outside the context and the preaching of the cross than ever before. And all that can be produced when the message is not pointing to Calvary, no matter how well we feel about ourselves, how good we feel about what we're doing, if our faith is not deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus, Jesus, nothing is being produced by the Holy Spirit through us. Nothing is being worked as a work of faith. It's all a show, and then we are alone. This is why there's as much divorce in the church as there is the world. This is why there's murders and and and, and all sorts of evil wickedness in the church. It's not just because there are tares among the wheat. It's because the wheat is not plugged in to what gave them the stalk that they become in the beginning, that new birth. When you move your faith from the sacrifice, when you begin to listen to preachers that are not pointing to the sacrifice, continually, habitually, without end, then you're opening the door to uh, water that is bad water on the plant. light That is not the light of God's word, on who you are as a Christian. And that's that's where we are as a nation today. That's where we are as a Christian nation today. That's where we are as a church today. And that's why God is raising up determined ministers of righteousness who will preach the blood, preach the cross, in spite of who agrees, in spite of being called a, a non-loving and elitist and turning the cross, the message of the cross, into a law and... And and all these naysayers is because they are falling from the place uh, or maybe never even known the place of being determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. It is, it is the Word of God. It is the way of God to be determined to know absolutely nothing else. And that's just the way God has planned it. And that's why Jesus said there are going to be very few that find it and even some of them are going to turn away from it. That's what the Bible says. So you need to understand these things. So let's move on now. We've seen the, 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 what, what has to take place to prevent our stumbling and falling. And it's making our calling and election sure. And that's not based on what we're doing of the flesh, the works that we carry out. It's based on what the Holy Spirit is able to do in us that works its way through us. And I can't say it enough, but the only work the Holy Spirit is working in us is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And when that work is able to be worked in us, then its manifestation will be the works of God through us that we're ordained to walk in in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2 and 10. So we know that while we're making our calling and election sure through faith in the sacrifice. We know that while we're walking in the spirit that we're not going to stumble that we're not going to fall. That, 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 that we're not going to uh, see the, the lust of the flesh fulfilled. That's a prom- These are promises in the Word of God. Now the reality is that we do stumble and we do fall and we do at times see the lust of the flesh fulfilled in sin in our lives. But the potential is there because of the cross of Christ and the indwelling, permanent indwelling of the Spirit of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the potential is there to not fall. This is not preaching sinless perfection because that doesn't exist. The very manifestation of the way we live reveals that to us, that we are not perfect yet and we see how much of a mess we still are. That in and of itself should make us strive together for the faith of the gospel so that we would see less and less of our fleshly lust fulfilled, less and less of ourselves stumbling and more and more of our Christ being revealed through us. Because while we're not stumbling and while we're not falling and while we're walking in the Spirit, that's not all about us looking good. That is exclusively our Savior being manifest and revealed through us, which is an impossibility unless we're seeing, accepting the place that we're being delivered unto by the Holy Spirit always, which is the death of Christ, 2 Corinthians 4, 11. If that's not where we're seeing, if that's not what we're beholding, if that's not what we're accepting, then there is absolutely no way that Christ can be manifest through this flesh. You need to read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 11 Through 13. The reason all three of those verses are important because that 13th verse talks about the spirit of faith being tied to, us being delivered always by the Spirit of God unto the death of Jesus so that by the Spirit of God we can manifest in these fleshly bodies the very life of our Savior. That is the manifestation. Station of the revelation of what it means to now live in this flesh by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That's what it means. That's what you have to be beholding, to be making your calling and election sure. And while you're doing that, let's keep reading verse 11. For so... An entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what the words really say there in verse 11 is, for in doing so, an entrance, for in doing so, because we were just told if we will do these things and we know it's not about our going and physically doing it, it's about where our faith is, In the sacrifice, the death of Jesus, the true gospel. Hallelujah. And this is us making our calling and our election sure to us moment by moment. Hallelujah. Because I'm sick of all the stumbling for me. I'm sick of all the falling. I'm sick of self. I'm sick of seeing the lust of my flesh manifest in sinful way. I'm sick of that. Listen, I'm sick of that. This is about me becoming more like Christ, maturing, experiencing, and expressing more of my Christ. And it cannot happen without me beholding the lamb. Now watch verse 11. For so, for in doing so, an entrance, an entrance, shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I've got a note here I wrote before we started today just in studying this, and I want to read it to you. It's so powerful and precious, I want you to hear it today. Making our calling and election sure is to moment by moment... Confirm them, our calling and election, by growing with evidence of growing. You see, that is what Peter wrote about. Add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, this, this, that whole list of things we read. So let me read this again. This note, making our calling and election sure is to moment by moment confirm our calling and election by growing with evidence that we're growing. Evidence that these things are being, added, evidence these things are not only in us, but they are abounding in us. And I want to say this. The second note I jotted down here was the degrees of abundance. Get this, this is so important. And, and, And those who love the Lord and, fear the Lord and truly from their heart desire to please the Lord and not just be a part of something social and to be seen by men, but those who truly have the fear of the Lord in their heart and want to please him in spite of whoever else is pleased or disgusted or angry or criticizing or persecuting, those who have the fear of the Lord in their heart and want to please their Lord and be more like their Lord, he sees that heart. So, I jotted this note down, and it can be confirmed with other scriptures as well. The degrees of abundance upon our entrance into the kingdom will be determined on the degree of one's being conformed into the image of Jesus. Not all that we do. The Bible says that the Lord is coming to reward men, Based on their works. Every man's work. The Lord is coming with, he's going, the Bible says he's coming to reward every man based on their works. And we know that ties in also to the judgment seat of Christ, where we're told that we're going to be judged as Christians at the judgment seat of Christ based on everything that we did in the body, good and bad. Let me just break it to you today. Everything we do that's bad is our flesh. Everything we do that's good is the Spirit of God working through us because our faith is literally and deliberately in the sacrifice of Christ, what we're trusting in, because it takes our faith... In that object alone for the grace of God who is the spirit of God to be found working in and through our lives. So let me read that again. The degrees of abundance of our entrance into the kingdom. Everybody not going to enter in with the same abundant manner. Everybody that's saved is entering into the kingdom. But everybody that's entering in is not going to have the same abundant Entrance, the same reward. If that were the case, then Jesus wouldn't have told us to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven where it won't get dusty and thieves can't steal it. And other scriptures that go along with that. You will be rewarded based on what you allowed the Holy Spirit to do. In you and through you, but don't ever forget whatever he is doing you've got to hear this whatever he's doing through you always flows from the process of you being conformed into his image you got to understand that everything God does he doesn't do it through us, when we're walking in the flesh or not walking in the spirit or not making our calling and election sure, he doesn't move through that. He won't move through my flesh because it's by carnality. And the Bible says that my carnality is that enmity against God. Hey, you, you do understand that, right? The, the, the carnal mind... And that the carnal mind is what causes us to not walk in the spirit, to not be found moment by moment, making our calling and election sure. Yes, we're still stuck with the, with the possibilities. And you know it's true more often than we like to admit that carnal part of our flesh, God can't work through that. I don't care what you say. Oh, he might bless somebody Listen, listen, a cocaine addict, somebody gets saved, but the cocaine addict, it's, 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 it, it, there's something wrong with that picture. There's something wrong with that picture. It's the message. It's the power of the gospel. It's not the power of a man. And that's where the church has got off track. We, we exalt men. We, we look at men. We put them on pedestals. And, 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 and many will follow men no matter where they go. Even when they start doing things that they've preached they shouldn't do and we shouldn't do for years, and they start, people will still follow them if they're following people following people. But if you're following men who are following Christ, who will be determined to know nothing but Christ and what he did at Calvary, that's going to cost you. That's going to cost you. Amen. But that's the place you'll be found many times that God has for you to lay up treasure for yourself in heaven. Your mama can't lay it up. Your preacher can't lay it up for you. You've got to lay it up yourself. All right, let's move back into the focus of things this morning before we get too far down that rabbit trail. Watch this now. For so an entrance for in doing so, if we've just been told to do, and that means our faith and the sacrifice making our calling election sure to us. You say, well, I know all about the cross. No, the Bible didn't ask you, did you know all about the cross? The Bible said, make it sure to you. That means in your experience, in your expression, make it sure to you. And I do that every time I get in the pulpit. And I pray that I'm found doing it more often when I'm not in the pulpit, when I'm not teaching the word, when I'm at home with my wife, when I'm anywhere, at any time. Amen. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now watch very carefully. And before we dig into the next few verses, I want to point out one word that's mentioned three times in the next four verses. And that is the word remembrance. 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 It's mentioned in verse 12. We're going to read them all. It's mentioned in verse 13 and it's mentioned in verse 15. Now let's read through these verses here and see what's so important about the word remembrance. Verse 12 Wherefore I will not be negligent. What's the opposite of being negligent? It's being diligent. I will not be negligent. Therefore, I will be diligent to put you always... What would it say? Always. Huh, always. Not let's take a break and talk about some. Always in remembrance of these things. Though you know them. I'm going to keep reminding you of these things... Though you know them and be established in the present truth, though you be established in the present truth, there's always a possibility that you and I will move away from the place God establishes His people in the truth. The present truth is always the present truth. The church has messed this up too. like there's a truth for now and there's a truth for next week. The truth that liberates is the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ who is the truth and he said he was in John 14, 6 and what he did on the cross to be our liberation personally on the cross. I want you to understand this. Let me read it again. Wherefore, I will not be negligent Folks who get tired of hearing this, their flesh is lusting after something. Oh, they claim they want to learn all. Oh, oh, we just want to learn more about other things. You're not going to learn about nothing else in the Word of God unless you accept your responsibility of acceptance of being delivered to the death of Jesus every moment of your life so that you can express your Savior every moment of your life. Let me say this today in remembrance that the only way Noah could build an ark and save his family was because his faith was in the sacrifice. That's the only way God could minister to him and, and, and save him and his whole family. The ark saved their physical bodies Faith in the Redeemer saved their souls. And Peter even wrote about that God saved eight souls during the flood. Yes, their physical lives were saved because of a physical ark they built. But the physical ark they built and their physical lives were even saved because their faith was in what saves souls. Hallelujah. And that is the Redeemer. And if our faith is not in, not was, not yesterday, now faith is substance. Now faith is substance. If our faith is not deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus, if that's not what we're trusting in, yielded to in our hearts like it was the first moment we believed, We're going to twist God's word. We're going to listen to preachers twisting God's word. We're going to leave worship services saying that was the most awesome, powerful message I've ever heard. And God's got a thumb down on it because it didn't point to Calvary. If it's not pointing you to Calvary, God's got two thumbs down. It don't matter what our flesh is saying how awesome and powerful and tremendous that word was. It was not applied by the Spirit unless it was dipped in blood, and it ain't going to be dipped in blood unless the preacher's pointing to the sacrifice where the blood was shed. Somebody ought to shout the high praises of God. Somebody ought to say amen, for the Lord to be waking his people up and bringing them back to him with sound doctrine. Hallelujah. That doctrine that made them sound in Christ Jesus. Watch now. Let's read this. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in present truth. Yea, I think it, necessary as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up. How am I going to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. How am I going to stir you up? By putting you in remembrance of these things. How's the church getting stirred up today? Oh, my goodness. Men everywhere, 5, 15 to 20 of them on every corner in America today, decreeing this, declaring that, promising the church things with big swelling words that never come to pass and cause many to quit because they're not declaring what God's declared. God's declaring his righteousness. God is de- declaring what he gave Peter to declare and to continue to remind us about. And we need to remember that. Listen again to verse 13. Yea, I think it necessary. He wasn't just thinking according to the flesh. These are the words of Almighty God given to him by the Spirit of God so that we could watch our feet walk in them. The truth of Almighty God. Watch now, yea, I think it necessary as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Watch now. Knowing that shortly, very soon, I must put off this tabernacle Even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me and uh, Jesus told Peter, you can read it in John, how he would die, how he would put off this old tabernacle, this old body. He told him explicitly how he would die and you can read that. I hope you're taking notes today, John 21, 18 through 19. But let's keep reading. Don't go read it now. Follow along. You can read it later. He says in verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me, moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able. Mm, Listen, let's read those powerful words again because this is God talking through Peter to you and me, hallelujah. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. My goodness, oh my goodness. You see, let me give you a, a, a word today that wherever the the truth is being proclaimed, it is always going to be words spoken that may be in a different place in the Bible, but it's the same, this church over here and that church in that state and that church in that country, we're speaking the same thing if we're seeing the living word of God and what he did as the lamb of God in the word of God and that's where we are seeing that we're being delivered to. All these other things, all these other focuses, all these other avenues are not what we're called to We cannot be of the same mind and of the same spirit. We cannot be speaking the same thing if we're not pointing to the same thing. Hallelujah. There are many men and women who can speak eloquently and so professionally. And if the stories, even the Bible stories that they tell do not climax, if they do not have their climax In God's climax of the ages, which is the Lamb slain, they cannot reach a place of impartation into our hearts. I don't care what anybody says. Only the hireling would disagree with this. Only those who are drawing men unto themselves would disagree with this. But you and I, every child of God, every minister of God, is called to be of one mind, one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel of the son of god and speaking the same thing you may be in genesis i may be in john they may be in the book of acts they may be in first corinthians they may be in revelation the way we can speak the same thing is if we're speaking that scarlet thread that runs its entirety, touches every chapter and every verse in the Bible, that we have to be focused on the slain, buried, and resurrected lamb, mainly the slain lamb, because he wasn't buried for us to receive. He wasn't resurrected for us to receive. The Word of God says that he was slain that he might receive power, riches, glory, honor, blessing. Revelation 5 and 12, he was slain that he might receive. You might be thinking, well, he already had all those things, but hear me, he did not receive them in a way to distribute them to you until he was slain. Oh, that's so good. That's why your faith has to be deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus. You were immersed into his death when you believed. Your only, you need to write this down. If you don't understand it, you don't believe it, you need to ask the Lord to help you. Your only union with Christ is in his death. Your only union with Christ is is in his death. The Bible tells us in Colossians 3 and 3, you're dead and hidden with Christ in God. That, 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 that's, that, that right there calls a mommy to wake up and shout. You are dead not unto sin. I'm, I'm sorry, you are not dead no any longer in sin. Now you are dead unto sin with Christ. Dead with him. You're dead with Christ and hidden in God. The focus always is the cross, the death of Jesus Christ, because that's what you who are alive are always being delivered to. If you don't know that, my friend, you, like me, 20 years ago, this year, heard the knock on the door I didn't know what it was. I didn't get up and open it immediately, but it was the scarred hand of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was knocking on that door to get back in fellowship with me. Oh, I was in church faithfully. I was, man, dancing around, hands lifted, but I was nowhere near faith in the gospel. I proved that by everything I was preaching and teaching. If they were lost, I pointed to them to Calvary. But if they were saved, it was not the gospel. When an evangelist would come to town, nobody would come. But when a prophet would come to town, oh boy. Now I want to remind you that the apostle Paul endeavored and prayed for and longed for the possibility of making it to Rome to see the church who was already saved by the gospel, but he says in the very first chapter of the book of Romans that he wanted to get there to preach the gospel to them, that they might have a gift imparted to them, listen, that their faith might be mutual. How beautiful and wonderful that is. You see, it's not the message of the cross for the lost and now everything else in the Bible for the saved. No, it's the message of the cross for the lost. And for the saved, it's the message of the cross so they can be reminded that's where they're being delivered moment by moment so they can experience everything else written in the Bible. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to God. So Peter says with diligence, I'm not going to be neglectful. I'm not going to neglect, neglect giving you over and over and over. I'm not going to neglect being determined to always point you to Christ. to That which he did at Calvary. That which he called you by, elected you by, even though you're established in this present truth, even though you know these things, I'm not going to neglect being determined. I'm not going to neglect being diligent to bring this to your remembrance over and over. This is another way we see that Peter worded being determined to know nothing other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. Listen, let me say it again. 20 years ago this year, I heard the knock on the door. I didn't understand it. And I I didn't much like the irritation and the distraction. That's what I called it. This message of the cross, I first called it a distraction, and it was God's only answer for all that I was distracted with. And until the church repents and confesses of its sin, for trusting in everything other than the cross, that knock on the door by that nail scarred hand will keep distracting them, worrying them, and 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 they'll call it a hindrance. So, how does this take place today? By all of the ministers. Of righteousness that God is raising up, uh, that, that through them, he's knocking on the door. All the warning that's out there, all the warning that's out there that the church gets sick of hearing, let's talk about that for a moment. Jesus said the scriptures testified of him. Now, I want you to really think about this today. The scriptures testify of Jesus, but yet Israel killed the prophets that spoke and wrote all that was spoken and written written written, written. <laughs> I want you to think about that Jesus said Israel killed the prophets but he also said they spoke of him they wrote of him I want you to really consider that why did they kill the prophets? Because they did not like the one he was, they were writing about. They did, Israel did not like the one, the one they spoke of, always calling them to repentance to come back to a steadfast focus of the promised redeemer. They killed them. And to prove that that was still the state of their heart, When Jesus showed up, they crucified him, the prophet of prophets, the king of kings, Lord of lords, the promised Messiah to Israel, their savior. Israel's rejection of Jesus does not mean God's giving them another savior. It means for 2,000 years, they've wandered in the wilderness again because they rejected the savior God sent first it was 40 years, literally 40 years in the wilderness. Now it's 40 jubilee years. 40 jubilee years. 2,000 years. And God's not going to offer them another Savior. Jesus is coming back again and he will take first his church home, and then we will all come back with him, and when he comes back, he will be riding on a white horse wearing a vesture dipped in blood, and his name will be written on him, and his name is the Word of God, proving that every Word of God that he is has always been dipped in blood, or it has never been imparted. No foot has ever stepped into faith, not one footstep that was not faith in the blood of the Lamb. You understand that? This is why the greatest wake-up call in the last 500 years is happening right now. It's happening right now. The great, really, the greatest wake-up call for the entire 2,000-year period of the church When God has found men and women, boys and girls, who he's able to gather back around the sacrifice and focus only on the sacrifice, being full of the Holy Ghost, ministering the message, the the Pentecostal message, which is the crucified Christ, buried and raised on the third day, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. There is a great wake-up call in the land today to bring the church back to what they've forgotten instead of remembering and remembering and remembering they've forgotten. And the reason the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Peter would say, I'm going to be diligent. I'm not going to be negligent to constantly remind you of this while I'm here until I die and I'm gone. This is what we're going to talk about is so that we wouldn't fall away, we wouldn't forget and go blind, which is what he previously in this chapter has written about. Going blind by forgetting we were purged from our own sins by putting the cross behind us and all these things before us instead of everything behind us and the cross before us. Oh my goodness. I hope you're only listening to ministers that bring your heart to a place of remembrance of your calling and election. The Lord is faithful enough to teach you all the doctrines of the Bible and make all the doctrines of the Bible sound if you'll keep your faith anchored in that which made you sound in the beginning. And that was God's call and election on your life, which came through the blood of Jesus, your acceptance of the death of Jesus. It's been a great session today. I hope you've written some things down, and I hope you'd earnestly pray over what you've heard. Many today do not want to hear about the cross of Christ. They've opted out. Churches fill up where the focus is not the cross, but churches empty out and very few are in attendance where the focus is the Lamb of God. I want you to think about that. There is a famine in the land among the church. Not that they don't have the word of God, but that they don't understand the word of God. For if they did, their boast from the pew and the pulpit would be in the Lamb and the lamb alone. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I hope you have been stirred today. I hope you have been blessed. And I hope that you tune in every Monday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central right here on the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page where you can find these sessions live. And later, you'll find them all on the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. And I pray that you would not only listen... Not only be blessed, but that you would hit that share button, that you would like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316. And follow the Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page so you can be alerted when our worship services go live or these teaching sessions go live so that you can grab your Bibles, your pencil, and your paper whenever you can to follow along in the great truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If the Lord stirs your heart to give an offering to Him through this ministry, you can easily do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, that's 903 231 5950. God bless you, and I pray His touch be upon you as the provision, specific provision that you need today. He sees it, He knows it, He's faithful at all times. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.